It's the Live One Radio Podcast. I'm Rick Daniels. You can find us on Google Play, also the iTunes Podcast Store. And we've recently been approved to be on TuneIn Radio. Just type in the words Live One Radio, L-I-V-E-O-N-E, and listen to the podcast today. And for those of you who are listening now and have before, thank you so much. For those who haven't, welcome to the Live One Radio podcast. Now, on today's podcast, got to talk with uh, Lori Lewis, who is the Vice President of Social Media for Cumulus, the company that I work for. And she's also an author and blogger for All Access Merge. That's one of the fine columns on allaccess.com. Today we talk about women in radio, how radio is embracing the digital revolution, some of Lori's background and some interesting tidbits on different platforms. Can't wait to show this special podcast with you. One of my favorites in the radio industry, Lori Lewis, now on the Live One Radio podcast. Live One Radio. All right. So on the Live One Radio hotline, I have not only social media queen, uh, she's a mom, she's a VP, she writes like 80 different blogs. I may be exaggerating there, but uh, one of my favorite people in the radio industry is Lori Lewis. Lori, welcome to the show. That's funny you say that because you're one of my favorite people in the radio industry. So thanks. (laughs) I'm going to fall down now. Thank you so much. Well, hey. Before we get uh, to some of the questions I've written today, I was uh, stalking your Twitter feed here. And I, by the way, if you ever have a chance, if you want to learn how to grow and and do social media the right way, follow Lori Lewis on Twitter. It's at Lori Lewis. And I noticed this article you wrote about the Super Bowl coming up, which your Packers might just be in. Um, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I know. Uh, they're having quite a year. But I love this line that you wrote in this article Seek to resonate, not just to be seen. And not only do you talk about in this article about doing this in social, apply it to your life, which is which is stuff that I'm attracted to when I read articles. Let's talk about that a little bit. Explain that to me. What what is it you mean exactly by that? Seek to resonate. You know, we we are given too much content. Content's coming at us so fast. We we're barely consuming anything. Um, And perhaps that's maybe the one of the biggest reasons for fake news is our bandwidth is depleting over the content that's coming at us so fiercely that we're just kind of sort of reading headlines now and going, oh, okay, and, and passing you know, stuff around. If you understand that, if you understand truly, again, that content is coming at us faster than we can consume, our job as brands is to resonate. It is not all too often brands, to you know, no fault of their own. They they believe the quest is just to tweet or to post it get 15 posts up a day, get 10 tweets up a day. When the quest is just to post, then we often miss the mark in resonating. Mm-hmm. If we say, we're, to, we're not going to post or tweet until we have something truly of value say to share, then all of a sudden you start resonating because you, every time you speak, it means something to somebody. There is some value to it. That's one of the most important skills any marketer, any brand, any one individual can learn um, and continue to learn, seek to resonate, not just to be seen. Too many people are being seen, and and what happens is you you kind of start ignoring you, um, just, again, because there's too much coming at us too fast. Right. So you want to, with, with everything you do, choose your words wisely. Come at content from the consumer's point of view. Is this something that you truly would stop scrolling for? Like, we are a scroll nation. We're addicted to distraction. So what is it that you can put in my newsfeed that will stop my habit of scrolling? 
scrolling, stop my love of scrolling, that I'll actually look at it, read it, consume it, like it, love it, retweet it. That's really what the end goal in mind should be, is to resonate, not to just be seen. Yeah, one thing I've noticed with uh, novice, uh, you know, or beginners, uh, especially in radio with social media, they're intimidated by numbers. And what I told those folks is, well, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. You want the quantity to go up, but that comes with time. You know, time and experience. None of us really know what's going to work. After, after working and operating in this space for nine years, I have an idea of what could work, but I still don't. I mean, mm-hmm. let's just look at Merge, the article that I, the column that I write for All Access. Uh, you know, last week, I didn't, I don't know, I just thought it was kind of a, a piece on video. It exploded. Hundreds of people shared it and thousands of people clicked the link and read it. Um, and then this week, I write a piece like, oh, this one's going to, this one's going to do good. And it's, you know, kind of okay. You know, maybe, a, a, I don't know, 10, 20, 40 people may have shared it. Maybe 100 people have read it. Like, you know, you never truly know what quality is, but you can get an idea if you study what it is that triggers reaction when you share content socially. I ask our radio stations all the time, study what triggers react, but, but equally study what people ignore and stop doing that. You know, I learned a, a great lesson this week. You know, I, I'm currently out in Boise, Idaho at uh, KQFC, which is ironically, we work for the same company. Um, but out here, unlike what you and I are used to in the Midwest, they've had not 30 year record snowfall. It's a lifetime record <laughs> snowfall here. Yesterday, we had an ice storm and, you know, folks are just not used to this out here. And there's a lot of California transplants. So for me, you know, the few months I've been out here, I've I've had somewhat of a struggle fitting in with these folks out here because they... <laughs> They have a whole different view of life than I do, not just mentally, but, you know, uh, physically with the landscape of how everything is out here. So anyways, we got all this snow and I thought, all right, well, you know how we are from the Midwest. We take weather very seriously. So, you know, I'm posting all this uh, stuff from the National Weather Service, trying to get intense and show people, hey, you know, we're on it. None of that really did anything. The one thing I put up that got the most reaction, it's like, I think it's, uh, I think it's gotten maybe a couple hundred likes up till today, is a meme of a guy in Idaho using a flamethrower to melt ice and snow. <laughs> and That's I'm thinking, funny. it made me realize, you know what? These folks really don't care about the intensity. They just want some relief from it. Right. <laughs> Great observation. That's just something I learned after being on social for probably five years, you know. So it's all about placement, resonate, don't just be seen. You know, that makes sense to me now that 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 one meme, you know, put that all together for me in perspective. So that's good stuff. I call you the social media queen because... Hey, you know, you're, you're all over the place. I mean, if, if you need some insider knowledge, you go, to, you read a Lori Lewis blog, you ask her a question on Twitter, you give her a phone call, whatever. But you earned your stripes a long time ago in radio. So tell us about your background a little bit. I did. I started out on air uh, as a sidekick to Bubba the Love Sponge. They gave me the name Anita Wad. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> People have often asked, like, what made you agree to use the name Anita Watt? Like, what were you thinking? And I always say, um, well, when you're like 22, you're not really thinking. <laughs> you're, you're just like, okay, that's kind of funny. So that was a great time. Bubba and I are still great friends. Um, I just love him. And I evolved out of Anita Wad uh, into a program director, Clear Channel, uh, which is now iHeart, was very gracious to me and uh, taught me how to be a program director. And so I ran radio stations for them uh, for quite a while in Baltimore. And then in 2008, 
um, I decided to uh, leave Baltimore, take my daughter, go back home to Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's where I grew up. I really wanted to dabble in the social space. I I wanted to figure out where radio fit into Facebook. Um, and, I, you know, at that time, Facebook only it had just opened up, literally just opened up to the public. So it was no longer for college kids. Oh, my goodness. That feels and, so long ago. And there were only personal pages. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. There were not like pages. Well, they, you know, remember they were fan pages first. There were, there were not fan pages. They were just personal pages. So, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure that out, um, I convinced Duke Wright. Uh, one of the greatest men in radio, Duke Wright, owns Midwest Communications. And I, when I was interviewing with him, think about this. This was 2008. This was deep in the recession. People were cutting jobs. Duke still took the time to hear me out about a space that absolutely nobody understood about, not let alone monetize. Um, and after about an hour, he was like, you know, I don't, I don't really understand much that you talked about, but you're so excited, I can't not hire you. So Michael, his son, Michael Wright, go find her an office. <laughs> yeah. And so I started there, worked closely with Jeff McCarthy. He oversees programming there, and Michael Wright who oversees the digital. And it was such a great time. Fast forward 2011. Fred and Paul Jacobs tapped me to come to Detroit and help their clients out at Jacobs Media. That was an incredible time. And then 2015, Lou Dickey, the former CEO of Cumulus, reached out to me and asked me to just come in and and clean up social media. He didn't really care about social media, but he knew it needed to be cleaned up and he knew that growth needed to happen in that space for the company. Can I interject something really quick uh, to what you're saying? Now, for those who are listening, you know, one struggle with radio arguably has been how they've been able to kind of find their place with social media and make it work for them. Now, I would argue that it's a lot better than it used to be, but uh, yeah. radio embracing the, the digital revolution, as we call it, uh, has been a struggle for industry. And now that you're with Cumulus as our VP, you know, you, you have a seat at the table. I remember us having this conversation a while back. How important is that now uh, for us to move forward as an industry? Very important. I, I can speak for most radio companies because when I was with Jacobs Media, I was serving some of the great smaller companies, the Intercoms and the Hubbards and the Journals, which is now Scripps, and Greater Media, which is now Beasley. Um, I can speak for almost all radio companies. We've grown well in the social space, and people are taking it seriously. Here at Cumulus, I get to work with a handful of um, different people and teach them how to monetize social in a meaningful way. Um, it's, a really, it's, a, it's a really great thing that we've got going on. Um, social media only dollars are happening. There are, you know, clients out there that don't necessarily want to buy radio, but they want to understand how they can buy our social assets. So that's what uh, I do often throughout the week is uh, show people how they can um, really create impact for our advertiser um, through social. And it's 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 really exciting because it's 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 again it's at the uh, we're at the we're at the very beginning of it um, to 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 see the the clients like O'Reilly's Auto Parts wanted to do a brand ambassador program with us. So I identified um, talent in the markets that they cared about, reached out to the talent, said, "Hey, this is new, so don't get scared." Uh, but they want to do a brand ambassador program, and this is not on air, this is not online, this is on your Twitter account completely. That's it. Are you even interested? And everybody was like, yeah, it's so new that they hesitated. But that's what we're doing, at least at Cumulus now for 2017, is we've got all these different 
interesting and exciting campaigns that are happening that are just getting started that have never been done. So, yeah. so radio really has embraced. And I see other companies, um, you know, doing, doing interesting things. The one thing I wish, and I'll never stop talking about this, is I wish that radio would embrace the holy crap uh, moments more. I've always believed that we as radio stations and radio talent could differentiate ourselves from the pure plays and any other competitor by simply taking the time to remind the audience they are an elemental part of the brand. And one way to do that, again, it doesn't always have to be in the form of, of perks and prizes and tickets, but is to give our undivided attention to them on the social platforms. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite, one of my favorite holy crap moments through social was Brian Thomas. He now oversees WLS-FM in Chicago uh, for Cumulus, but at the time he was at Nash, New York, and Brian and I are very close friends. We'd always talk, and I'd always remind him, always check Twitter before, during, and after your big event. And so he learned to do that. He saw a young lady who tweeted, um, I just drove two and a half miles in the snow. Um, I want to go to Lee Bryce so bad. She drove from, from somewhere, leap of faith, hoping she could find a ticket. Well, because Brian had the wherewithal to check Twitter before the show, he tweets her back. You know, with, this, with the radio station's Twitter account, um, hey, I just happened to have two tickets because two listeners weren't as brave as you. They didn't dr- want to drive in the snow. She's like, no way. And he's like, yes way. And they meet up. He gives her and her friend tickets. And he said, by the way, I've got extra backstage passes. Do you want to just go meet me? And she's <laughs> like, holy crap. You know, she's just, you know. And what's, what's beautiful about that is that was, that was seizing an opportunity to be good to people. And that was also really great for the brand because she will always talk about it. She'll always talk about that one time Nash up in, in New York did this for her. Yeah, man, it's it's great to, to catch those moments. I've, I had a couple of those moments this year at the, uh, we call it the Mountain Home Country Music Festival, and there was this uh, group of girls. I would say that they probably are in college. They go to Boise State or whatever, and they're all – uh, hanging out outside. They already had tickets to the show, but uh, I guess one of the girl's boyfriends dumped her via text, which is like the worst way you could do that, by the way. You know, we're walking around handing out backstage patches, and I notice she's not doing so great. I'm like, hey, what's what's going on? And I happen to have Facebook Live going, oh, you having a bad day? Yeah, this, this, this happened. And then we hand her some some passes, and this girl screamed for 15 minutes. <laughs> Love that. And that video, I mean, it went insane. People were like commenting, what's wrong with this girl? Why is she screaming? And, you know, we had to like explain in the video what was going on. And yeah, those moments that you're talking about that make the big difference for for our stations and, and the people representing them. So that's good stuff right there. So when you decided to go back to Green Bay and dabble in social, I mean, you know, Lori Lewis is no different than any of us. You're scrolling through your feed. Who are your influencers? What do you like to look for when you're checking out well, social media? I always enjoy when you, Rick Daniels, shows up. You are very funny. So <laughs> I always enjoy your tweets and your posts. I love to watch everyday people. I yeah. love watching how my mother or my aunt or my brother use it. Uh, it's important to remember the personal side to social. I think as brands, we get caught up in our agendas and we want to go viral or I don't know. We just get caught up in the frenetic energy of the day-to-day and we forget social mostly is personal. So speaking as a real person is what resonates. So I, I enjoy watching everyday people, but I also love the funny side to social. Uh, Marconi, he's over at WKQX Chicago. 
He makes me laugh every single time he tweets. <laughs> I must just love his sense of humor. Um, you know, so there's, oh, Broadway Bill, WCBS New York. Yes. I live for his video tweets when he's in the radio station studio. I live for his video tweets. Broadway yeah. Bill. Oh, my gosh. So it's, I, what, what inspires me and what influences me are watching everyday people, remembering how they use it, um, but also, you know, how funny you are, and, and Marconi or Broadway Bill is so entertaining. I'm trying to think of others. I, I love all our girls down in Dallas, uh, Michelle Rodriguez and Connected K, Jasmine. I love all of them over at KSCS. They, they make me laugh all the time. So, you know, there's, there's so, so many people. But then I, uh, you know, I also enjoy thought piece. Fred Jacobs, my former boss, he'll, he tweets often. So every once in a while I get to see it a tweet and remember to read his blog. I love thought pieces. Of course, I love Gary Vaynerchuk. Who doesn't? Um, so it's just yeah. a kind of a melting pot of all kinds of people and things that I like. That's good stuff. I'm very similar. I like. I love watching your stuff. I love uh, Broadway Bill, man. His he made <laughs> he made the uncomfortable, uncool dad video cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> he makes. I I watch. I don't know if I'm ever going to tell. You know, he's going to come to Conclave in July and speak. I watch his videos probably five, six times in a row when he tweets them out. <laughs> so, you know, one thing, uh, this isn't just the radio industry, but, you know, women and radio. Let's talk about that a little bit. Now, you're, you know, you're pretty high up there now, but, you know, there isn't a lot of that going on in our industry. I feel like there should be more. There's a lot of female talent that are moving up, but it's just not quite where it should be. Talk about women and radio and how that landscape has changed over the last 20 years. I'm with you. It could be better. Um, I look at it as it is evolving all the way from the top uh, down. You know, we have our CEO, Mary Berner, here at Cumulus, Kim mm-hmm. Guthrie. She was just anointed the new president of Cox Media. She's fabulous. She's one of the nicest people, and uh, as is Mary. So there's tons of women at these top positions. Of course, we have, you know, Jenny Morris at Hubbard and Mary Quas at NRG. So, so many women are at the top compared to 20 years ago. Um, and then there are more women with leading roles. I love Rula over at KRBE, while Rula and Ryan, and I just love those two, uh, while they, they are both the hosts of the shows, um, Rula is one of the rare women where her name actually goes first. So there's a, some of that going on. Um, I have noticed more women lately are hosting their own morning shows solo, like Amber Stone in Fort Wayne. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, I just, I think the world of her, she's a rising star. Um, and then there's also, there's even more operation managers, uh, program directors. Lori Bennett is the operations manager in Grand Rapids. She's fantastic. Meg Stevens, D.C., Baltimore, Leslie Scott in Seattle. Um, it takes a special person to identify the strengths that a female have are often quite different than men. Doesn't mean better or worse, but it takes special people like like Dave Richards out in uh, Intercom Seattle. I'm still so impressed by him that he identified Leslie with not much programming background. That she uh, she did have leadership skills, um, and she is one of the best leaders in radio today. But it took Dave Richards to recognize she didn't look like him, she didn't act like him, she didn't have his same background, um, but still. He would be a great leader of a radio station. And because he made that, he changed the course of, of her career, and she will now get to influence other women. So it, it, if more of that would happen, um, and, you know, I, I love that um, Jeff Cartwright identified Lori Bennett in Grand Rapids as an incredible operations manager. 
Yeah. We just need a little bit more of that. But if you if you do reflect back to 20 years, when I was a needle wad, um, the <laughs> industry has grown quite a bit. There, yeah. there was a time where it was just one girl per rock radio station, and she had to either be the sidekick or the midday host. And now it's changing. Yeah. It's not so cookie cutter anymore, too. Right. Yeah. Right. If you had to rank your favorite platforms right now at this moment, what are they and why do you like them and where do they rank? That's such a tough question. Uh, I, I really enjoy uh, all four. Um, I, I think, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I, I don't know. If, here's, I'll tell you the why. I don't know how to rank them. Um, Facebook sometimes can get overwhelming for me because so many people are on it. You may feel the same way. Like, sometimes I have to you know, cut away for a day from Facebook because there's so many people on it. I just feel like so many people are talking at me. But why I love Facebook um, is, is, is what happened recently when my father passed away. Um, for the first 24 hours, I, I really wasn't, you know, talking to anybody or, or saying much. I was on the phone with a few family members and friends, but I was really sitting in the dark alone trying to process this sudden news. And um, the next day I thought, you know, I should post. I wasn't going to, but I thought there are people that would want to know this. And, and so I, I posted, you know, I lost my father yesterday and I'm still trying to process this sudden news. And I walk away from Facebook. I go to the funeral home, take care of everything. That took about four hours or so. And by the time I get back, there are hundreds of messages of love and care and, you know, just really nice thoughts. And the, the couple of nights after, you know, preparing for his funeral. I couldn't sleep. I didn't really want to watch TV. I really didn't want to listen to the radio. So I just kind of sat in the dark with my phone and read all of these messages of love and care and thoughtfulness and responded to each person individually. And I can't tell you how much that helped me. And I think Facebook is always going to be that for all of us when we have moments that we don't even know what to do with ourselves. Maybe we're in serious grief or or maybe we're in serious confusion about our lives, our careers, our relationships. Yeah, Facebook can do that for so many people. You can just have these virtual conversations and look at other people's lives and distract you. So Facebook is so wonderful for that. Um, you know, I also very much love Instagram, but for different reasons. Instagram, I don't have many friends there. <laughs> it feels more personal, so I yeah. can be a little more intimate when I don't, um, you know, when I when I don't want... Um, to so many people hearing something or seeing something. I usually post on Instagram, uh, but it's still on the up and up, so, you know. <laughs> it's funny. Facebook, I find, for me, it's like, for, for those people that you touch, that's a place for them to touch you back. Yeah. And I remember seeing your post. I, I think I commented on that post, and I was even some, reading some of the other comments of people sharing when they remember when their father passed away. So it's pretty cool how that platform allows you to touch each other. It was nothing else could have done that. It was, it was warming and it, it was, it was uplifting to, to, you know, see posts from friends that I know that they've lost their father. And so I knew they knew my pain and Facebook was just beautiful. It'll always have, I'll always love, love it. But I do sometimes step away for 24 hours because it's so busy. It's so interesting. Instagram is more intimate for me. Snapchat. I love the fact that the content disappears I love that that's where social media is going, disappearing content. Because I think sometimes our stuff doesn't really need to sit out there on the internet forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I do love, I love, I love when, I love when my friends capture the immediacy of a moment, even if they're just kind of like staring in the camera and using a silly filter. Um, <laughs> you know, Pike, T 
he does uh, nights at the Loop in Chicago. Um, you know, he's always snapping about working out. And so he actually inspires me, like, okay, get off the couch, <laughs> go work out. So, <laughs> so snaps can also be inspiring. Um, you know, I, I love watching him. And, um, uh, you know, my friend Ingrid, she's the digital director for KRBE Houston. She's always traveling, so I can live vicariously through her in these 10-second videos. So Snap is absolutely um, one of my favorites. And then the other, of course, Twitter. But Twitter, as you know, it's so different. It's so transactional. Yes. It's, it's, you know, besides the funny tweets that I mentioned, like from Marconi and others, um, I love the thought pieces. But I also, I can't tell you any of them by name, which is so funny. I don't really pay attention to their name. But I have two private lists of all kinds of um, journalists um, from digital publications mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just interesting digital minds. And I have their tweets sent to my phone and then I have them on TweetDeck. Yeah. So I never really miss anything. You know, Twitter, so- Twitter reminds me of high school. You know, it's like you got, <laughs> you got your clicks. Uh, it's, yeah. it's very interesting how diverse Twitter is. It, it's my favorite. I love Twitter. And I think, uh, yeah, and you are, you are really, really good at Twitter. Like you are amazing. You are funny. You're informative. Um, and I love that other people find you fascinating. Even people <laughs> of notoriety. I've noticed like country stars follow you, and all kinds of all kinds of different people follow you. I think that that's so interesting about you. Well, Twitter is uh, is is the platform. I I feel like Twitter. It's Twitter then Facebook. Twitter is probably the hardest platform. It's a challenge to get people to find you interesting. I, I, and it's yeah. not that I seek that, but at the same time, you have to set yourself apart on there uh, more than any other platform, I believe. Facebook, it's like you're kind of there, uh, and you add all of the people you know, and then some people who you don't know may want to follow you too. Now, let me ask you a real question, just a side question. You know, Twitter's had some struggle of late. It's not growing as fast as as Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram, uh, but it seems like they're making big strides to kind of catch up. How do you feel? How do you feel about where they're at right now as a platform? It's a great question. It's I don't you know we'll have to wait and see what their next quarterly uh, call says. But their growth, as you mentioned, stagnant. It's a really interesting platform. It truly can be the companion to what's going on around the world um, at any given moment. You can you can know instantly. Um, what people are talking about, what news is breaking. So it's so fascinating. Uh, uh, but it's, 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 not a, it's not a need that the masses have. And so it's, they're yeah. probably going to always struggle. You know, Snapchat and Instagram have surpassed Twitter with daily and monthly active users. So as long as Wall Street understands Twitter's value and continues to invest in it, it'll be fine. But, you know, it's Wall Street. They get spooked every single time any product doesn't show any type of growth. And while Twitter is monetizing its platform somewhat decently, they are not growing users. So yeah. it's it's interesting. I mean, you it's it's just not it's not a massive social network like Facebook or Instagram or you know, maybe they should have maybe they should have evolved towards being a visual social network sooner than they did. Yeah, um, I agree know. with that. You know, Twitter reminds me of BlackBerry. Um, I was a <laughs> heavy BlackBerry user yes. in the late 2000s, but then the iPhone came out, and 
it's like, well, we're BlackBerry. We don't need to have a touchscreen. We don't need to have apps. We don't need to have this because we're that, you know, everybody's using it. Well, <laughs> that's what happened to Twitter. Everybody was using it, and then all of a sudden, uh, platforms evolved, and they kind of got left behind there for a little while. Now, one thing I've noticed is yeah. they're scaling back a lot of their apps. Like, they, they're they shuttering Vine. They had a dashboard app out for a little while. That's that's now being shuttered. It feels like they're kind of contracting and, and getting back to the basics, but also pulling in all those features into one app. I'm almost positive they'll do the same thing with Periscope, probably by year's end, if yeah. It won't be Periscope. We'll just be able to, you know, it'll just be Twitter Live, like Facebook Live. Yeah. I, I think they've uh, gotten real smart and realized, hey, we just need to consolidate all these features and have a one, you know, that's what Facebook has figured out, to their credit. Any of their features, you can get it all on Facebook. Yeah. Which I don't want to have to have eight different apps to use a service. That's just me. Yeah, they they were also slow in dealing with the troll thing, and, you know, that, that has forced a lot of interesting people that were using Twitter to just leave it. It's just it's just not worth it. You the fact that you can be an egghead on your profile photo and just say whatever you feel like saying, um, you know, just disgusting, hurtful words, um, that's not that's not inviting for anybody. No, um, so, so a lot of people have left. A lot of people, of, of you know, of celebrity um, have left because, and I would too. If, you know what I mean? Can you imagine opening up your app box and there's just a lot of crap? Like, I yeah. couldn't, my, my skin is too thin. I couldn't handle it. I feel like Twitter needs to get uh, kind of what Facebook has done for years. That there needs to be some type of moderation control. You know, like you know, like when you post a comment on Facebook, you can mark it as abusive or spam yeah. or whatever, and they'll handle it. Um, yep. Twitter, it's a little harder <laughs> because you can't say, "Hey, you're not allowed to use free speech," but at the same time, you can't delete the tweet. You can't like. There's probably a lot of things where their hands are tied. They're going to get sued, you know. So, yeah, it's going to be a challenge for them. So my last question for you, Lori, the future of radio and adapting to social media and digital change. We kind of touched on this at the beginning of the podcast, but where you sit right now, but how do we accelerate that move forward for our industry? Well, for the, for the social space, we need to take seriously identifying our biggest fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked with some of the greatest brands in the radio industry and built brand ambassador programs for them. And I saw firsthand what the power of a small group of super fans can do for your radio station when managed correctly. So really going back to the holy crap moment, identifying fans, learning how to manage them correctly. It's not just about finding people who tweet a lot and having them talk has nothing to do with that. Everything that I did through Jacobs Media uh, with the with the brand ambassador program that I built, it was managed beautifully, precisely, and um, a lot goes into it. A lot of thought goes into it. A lot of communication with the brand ambassadors goes into it. So it's a ton of work, but you have to believe that the payoff is worth it, and and it is. They go out there and kind of like a it's kind of like a fight club. You don't talk about it. Nobody talks that they are a brand ambassador. of KLOS in Los Angeles. Nobody says anything like that out loud, but you put them to work, put them to action. So using social to identify some of our biggest fans, creating holy crap moments, uh, truly resonating, um, choosing your words wisely, making every tweet and post count. That's really where we want to go. Everybody understands we have to be there. That's not the conversation anymore. And if one more person uses the word like engagement, I think I'm going to punch myself in the (laughs) face. Because everybody says engagement, but I rarely see people interacting back. 
It drives me crazy so, because, you know, to be on the air, you have to engage. To be right. on social, you have to engage. To be out at a remote, you have to engage. This is a common sense thing you should already be doing, right? Well, I remember back in 2008, and when it started coming to me, like how radio could weave itself in this social thing. I didn't even know it was a space then. It was like this Facebook thing and this Twitter thing. Um, that's one of the first things I thought of was, oh, I get it. Like, we could actually have conversations with listeners on this site. And we could show them that we care and we could give them our undivided attention. It doesn't cost anything and it takes very little time. And with so many radio stations with so little resources, I was like, this is it. We, you know, this, this, this is it. We're going to, we're going to create holy crap moments. We're going right. to make people, we're going to remind people that they matter. And <laughs> as I would travel across the country, uh, working with different radio stations and different radio groups, I would be surprised when I would say every person counts and people would look up at me and their heads would go down and like they're typing every person and then their heads would look back up and I go, counts, counts. And it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is not coming intuitively to anybody. Like, so that's when I knew I had a lot of work to do um, in regards to encouraging radio to remind people that they matter. Use social to never miss an opportunity to be good to people. I mean, that's the whole essence of this space. It's just reminding people that they matter. Go back to the story of my father's passing. There were hundreds of people that made me feel so not alone. That's the power of social. It's definitely a way to connect. I, I think instead of using the word engage, you should be using the word connect. You got to connect with people. It's no different than right. having a, what, what in our industry we call it a P1. You know, right. build your P1s on social, basically, in a nutshell, right? I agree. All right, Lori. Well, um, I think we've covered just about everything social. And I hope that this podcast will help some of these, you know, young radio folks who are maybe where I was at like 10 years ago when I first started reading your blogs, was afraid to step out on that ledge and show people who I really am. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's still a good thing, but <laughs> but it is yeah. intimidating, and I hope that this will help them realize, hey, you know, this is an outlet for you to grow as a as a personality, and also help your station grow, and let those listeners grow with you. Uh, it really can be that way if you embrace it correctly, right? Yeah, we we are on a journey together forever. So so long as Facebook. Instagram and Snap and Twitter remain, we are on this journey together. We're looking and watching after each other and taking care of each other and listening to each other. It's a, re it's a really cool thing. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Really quick, can you tell folks where they can find you on social media and with your uh, different uh, blogs that you do? Yes. So all access, I have a column there. I'm going on six years, which I am so um, surprised uh, that I've had something to say every week for six years. Uh, so allaccess.com slash merge. Um, that's where my writings are. They all, all six years are there in the archive. So you can check anything out. And, and like Rick mentioned, if you want to hang out with me on Twitter, um, it's at Lori Lewis. However, I am a huge Green Bay Packers fan, so if you hate the Packers, you probably don't want to follow me. <laughs> I have chosen my words carefully in the last uh, couple of months. Uh, I don't hate the Packers because I'm a Colts fan, but uh, I'm like, man, should I say? Should I make a comment on Aaron Rodgers because uh, 
I might see my demise. <laughs> you know, I got so mad. I, I'm so embarrassed to admit this. I got so mad at uh, somebody once. Um, he said something bad about Clay Matthews, and mm. I unfollowed and blocked him. And then he, I think he texted me because we're friends. He's like, what the hell? And I go, don't talk about Clay like that. And he's like, no way. You're going to block me because of that? And I'm like, okay, I'll unblock you, but you've learned your lesson. <laughs> Ooh, man, those those Packer fans, they're rabid, man. I've learned my lesson a few times. Yeah. Well, Lori, hey, oh, yeah. you have a great week. And uh, if we see your Packers in the Super Bowl, look for my tweets to you. It's at Lori Lewis on Twitter, by the way. Give her a follow. I'm telling you, if you're not interested in football, you definitely will be interested in everything she has to say social. Uh, <laughs> I, I read your columns religiously. Uh, you've been a big influence on my career. Quite frankly, a few years ago, it was kind of going towards a dead end. And when I embraced social, uh, not engaged, embraced, and tried <laughs> to resonate, there you go, see a play on words, Uh Honestly, uh, to be serious, it changed my career, and I can't thank you enough for what you do for our industry. It's, it's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much for having me.